0: This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 520 of the Juicebox Podcast. Back in 2019, I was invited to speak at the Omnipod headquarters in Massachusetts. I gave a little talk to all of the employees about why what they do is so important to people like me and my daughter and everyone like you. While I was there, I was given a tour. I didn't just get to see the offices, but I saw the actual place, the production floor, where Omnipods are made. And let me tell you, it is as futuristic and as amazing as you can imagine Anyway, this tour was given to me by a man named Chuck, and by how unassuming he was, I had no idea of the important position that he held at Insulate. He's just very humble, and I found his sincerity and his excitement about the production to be infectious, and I've wanted to talk to him since then, but he's not the kind of guy who gives interviews, so it took me a little while. But I'm really excited for you to hear Chuck's story about how he got to Omnipod how they designed the floor, where the production happens, and and so much more. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Just one ad today, so I'm going to get it out of the way for you right now so we can listen to Chuck straight through. G-Vogue Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is GVOC Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvocglucagon.com forward slash juice box. G-Voke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvocglucagon.com slash risk. Just a second here, before we get started, I need to tell you that Chuck's voice is incredibly deep. It is so deep that his recording equipment has trouble capturing the the richness and timber in his voice. If you put Chuck next to Sam Elliott and gave him lines from The Big Lebowski, you'd think to yourself, "Huh, Sam Elliott has a really high pitched voice." Our hunters and folks, so Scott, you got to get back to do another plant tour. Oh well. All right, so we're recording now, so just, I'll, I'll, introduce, I'll introduce you so you don't have to. That'll be easy. I'll do that later. Um, just let me tell you that the minute I left the plant tour that I took, which now I think might have been a couple of years ago, it feels like, uh, I thought, I want to interview this person because I just wanted to f- I wanted to understand how you get to a position in your life where you're the right choice to design a manufacturing floor. So, I know that sounds like maybe not what you expected, but Chuck, I want to know where you went to college and what you thought you were going to do with your life and what path you took.
1: So, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, my family's still down in the Philadelphia area. I went to school down there. I actually started studying food science because I grew up in the restaurant industry and I thought that. Uh, You know, that's what I was going to do. And growing up, I started thinking to myself, you know, you're working all the holidays and, you know, uh, is this really what I want to do with my life, the rest of my life? And so I changed majors. I actually moved over to business uh, with an emphasis on industrial engineering, organizational dynamics at the University of Pennsylvania, which Betsy had sent me to. So when I graduated, I had a brief sit with the Detroit Lions uh, that didn't last long with injuries and then uh, got a job with PepsiCo.
0: Okay, hold on. So you just, you just skipped right over the fact that you, sounds like you played for the Lions for a half a second. So did you play, football? <laughs> did you fa- did you play football at Penn?
1: No, like, no, I did in my undergrad, Delaware Valley University. Oh, so, okay, uh, yeah, so I did skip over because it, it was such a long time ago uh, and it was only a year. Right. Uh, but then I, uh, hooked up with Pepsi in Philadelphia and started off as a third shift sanitation supervisor, which is critical in the plant and food processing plant. Uh And then, uh, moved around with PepsiCo, uh, different parts of the country, back to headquarters in New York. I ran their international operations. I ran our concentrate operations, which was a GM assignment. And then I moved to North America operations and I retired after 30 years to the day, uh, one of the last corporations with the full pension and benefits, which was excellent. Yeah. So I uh, retired and there's wanted to spend more time with family with all the travel that was required in my role as the head of operations, especially internationally. It was a prime time to spend with my family, especially my kids. Um, were so important to me and everything to me. So uh, I would wake up and make them breakfast, drive them to school, go play some golf, pick them up at school. Uh, It was just a wonderful time of my life and the perfect time to be able to retire. Uh, But then I started getting calls for consulting. Uh, Pepsi folks are everywhere running businesses and I was consulting, starting up operations and supply chains for a lot of companies, uh, internationally and domestically. Some folks were asking me to come back full-time, which I had said no. I was enjoying my uh, balanced life, as I called it. And then uh, I started consulting for insulin. I got the call from insulin. And that was a real easy one to say yes to full-time. So I've been full-time for five years now.
0: Yeah. So, um, the I, I guess it might sound odd to some people, you know, Pepsi, insulin pumps. But it's the process of... Of setting up the floor and understanding materials and workflow th- that kind of stuff is i i would imagine <clears throat> excuse me i would imagine runs over top of anything you're manufacturing right it doesn't need to be food it doesn't need to be a medical device it's it's i mean like why would they i know you said there's pepsi people everywhere but do you know how they found you do you know why they were looking for you
1: intellect yeah yeah, so the chief human resource officer was ex-Pepsico, so he knew me at Pepsi. Uh, he actually called home. I wasn't home. Uh, my wife had answered and said, uh, Brad called and would like you to look this company up. But I'll be honest, I looked him up. This was December 2015. I looked him up online, and I said, when he calls back, I'm not here. I'm not going to consult him. was not a lot of positive news on so online back then in 2015 with product recalls and warning letters from the fba i saw mm-hmm. nothing positive from our potters uh, but then brad called and i did answer and uh, he said no come and meet the new team and see the product and all the potential we have so because of my relationship with brad i did i came up i met pat and chasey uh, their commitment to turn this place around i said yes i would consult and about six weeks into the consulting, uh, they had started talking to me to do full-time. Uh, I can be from Connecticut every week, stay up here. Uh, I just love what we're doing. I love our mission. I love our team. Uh, the potential, the trajectory for growth and changing people's lives, living with diabetes it is why I'm still here five years later after retirement.
0: Do you have any personal connection to type 1 or type 2 diabetes?
1: I have family members, and when I traveled internationally, I have very, very good friends I still keep in touch with, especially when I travel overseas to visit my sites, uh, who live with diabetes. My daughter's best friend, I got to see it firsthand. uh, As growing up, she was our star athlete in school, uh, and I got to see what she had to go through uh, living with diabetes, what her parents as caregivers had to live through. And I just said, I want to change, change that life. I want to change that life for that individual and then more individuals. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's, it's personal. I'm here five years later and still doing what I'm doing and to meet him from Connecticut.
0: And not being a, uh, a short order cook and a golf pro. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, again, I, that was fun while I lasted, mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, You know, to your question on why Pepsi to here, it's and I always say to folks is PepsiCo taught you quality first. That was our focus in every single plant. I had you know dozens and dozens of plants reporting to me. When you're producing billions and billions of cans and bottles a year, you better get it right, as Mm -hmm. we say. You get a lot of folks sick very quickly. So, believe it or not, because it's soda, as we say, the focus on quality was uh, job one. Yeah. And when I came here, I expected to be the same because of the 2015 warning, it wasn't quite there. So I, I just wanted to bring that mindset here.
0: Well, I think you definitely have. There's um, My daughter's been using Omnipod since she was four and she turned 17 the other day. And um, the company has clearly not just like turned a corner that would that wouldn't be giving it enough credit it's somebody inside said we're going to do this differently and it just changed direction in my opinion i've always i mean if i'm being honest chuck prior i always thought it was a company set up to be sold and now it feels to me like a group of people who want to make insulin pumps
1: that's exactly right and that's the biggest compliment that me personally and my team that we can get, as I tell folks. And I did a call last week with with a potter, uh, was in the audience and said, it's been three and a half years since they had a pot fail. That's the compliment that that we get. Yes, you saw our plant. We built a world-class manufacturing operation here, but the pride is the quality improvements that have come out of that plant and uh, our plants in China.
0: So when you got there in 2015, what was, can you say what some of your first direction was? What What were your ideas?
1: Uh, let's see. Well, uh, there was many of them. Uh, you know, it was interesting. We had single days of inventory. Uh, we didn't have very good relationships with suppliers. And to me, quality starts with every single component. Uh, we had dozens and dozens of components in our pod. We had to get those uh, more reliable, more consistent. So, my number one priority first was to work with our suppliers to improve quality, consistency, and reliability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've we've been working that for five years and continue to work it. Uh, secondly, you saw the active manufacturing. As I said, is one of the first things I was very very surprised, and to chasing the team's credit, I was surprised that you know. A device that people's lives depend on to manage their diabetes was single sourced out of China. Uh, again, I ran international operations. I've been to China a 100 times plus. Uh, I knew the volatility. Uh, so, as we built capacity to support our growth, it was also to build outside of China for risk mitigation, redundancy. Uh, and that's where acting, that's where the idea of acting came from. So, that was our, you know supplier quality redundancy risk mitigation and building capacity and that's where Acton, our u.s manufacturing facility came from so that's what i focused on first when i got here
0: right i have to admit when i saw it i didn't know what i was going to see and there's this giant you know it, it's a clean room right it's it's yes. completely sealed there's there's people working in there there are robots moving things around the machinery that's that's um putting things together and producing things, it, it, it's, it looks like it's out of a movie. Like if I took a camera in there and did some close up shots and interspersed them in a Marvel film, you'd think I was making Tony Stark's like, <laughs> costume. You know what I mean? Like it really is yeah. fascinating. And does that come like when you decide to do that, you just say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here full time. You get, you're in charge of that project. Is that right? That's correct. Right. Do you then bring in a team or do, can you, how do you build the team that's going to make this happen
1: we brought in a team of very very experienced automation engineers uh, upgraded the engineering department Uh, i brought two other folks out of pepsico that used to run my operations out of retirement Mm -hmm. Uh, and i say that because i think that says a lot about Insulet and our mission that people come out of retirement to come work here Uh, but i knew i could depend on them to focus on quality first They got the mindset that starts with every single component. So one of them moved to China to fix the operation over there and improve the operation, while the other one managed the day-to-day of building the active manufacturing, and he had built plants for me at Uh PepsiCo. So it was bringing in the right mindset, uh, the right experience, and we wanted to build a world-class manufacturing facility. So to your point on robotics and automation, funny folks at towards said it looks like a transformer movie so it's funny you said a Marvel movie <laughs> it is but of all the robots what we're really proud of that you don't see you may have remembered I pointed out the the blue flashing that was taking place at the different cells as we call them where we're building the sub-assemblies to be, eventually become a, a pod is the quality the camera technology that we put in the in the, each of the assemblies, there's forty-seven camera technologies that are measuring every single quality attribute that wasn't measured before, hmm. and you know, a tenth of a second we can decide pass or fail. Wow! And by doing that, you're almost guaranteed, if you will, a perfect pot at the end of the production.
0: Does the um does the system learn? Does it teach itself?
1: Well, it teaches us with the data collection. We're collecting so much data, as I said, over 2 billion quality metrics per year, per line. We're gathering that data, then we take that data and we work back with our component suppliers uh, globally so then we can transfer those learnings to China uh, manufacturing, which are the same components. So they're teaching us. I don't know if I would say the robots are teaching or learning themselves, but uh, we can adjust our automation and robotics based off of those learnings.
0: Yeah. So the more pods you make, the more data you have back, the better decisions you can make in the future on things. Absolutely. What's the, um, how, what is the rate of rejection? Does, do you see a lot of parts? Yeah, I don't want
1: to get into specifics. I will say in the beginning, much higher than I would have ever anticipated. Uh, again, but as I said, from the beginning, working with our suppliers get more reliable, more consistent, more quality. Uh, So we had a fairly high rejection rate from any manufacturing best practice standards, Mm -hmm. but that has significantly, significantly reduced uh, the waste and scrap because again, over the years, a couple of years, just with those learnings and all the data we've collected, we're able to go back with data to those suppliers and improve their
0: systems and processes. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So you have these better relationships and I guess that even makes it easier for you to walk back and say, Hey guys, look, this is coming like this. This is what we think will fix it. And then they work with you and get it together.
1: Absolutely. And it's all data driven. It's it's not emotions. It's not feelings. It's strictly the data coming off of that camera technology I talked about.
0: It's amazing. You're making me for some reason, think about, uh, automated driving, like Tesla, like they talk about all the time. They need more cars driving on the road to get into more situations, so they can get more data and 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 keep fine tuning it. It's really really fascinating. Data is powerful.
1: Yeah, people always say it really is, especially on our pod when you you're talking dozens and dozens of components and you know tens of millions of pods a year that we're producing. That many gathering a lot of data. Absolutely,
0: you got more than a couple of days worth of backlog made now. <laughs> <laughs> a couple months maybe. <laughs> yes. So when when COVID happened and and things are starting to not move around the world as quickly, you had a you, you had a couple of months to but did it ever get in do you ever get into a place where you thought, ooh, this is close or were you able to keep your, your stuff flowing? No.
1: Um I guess the camera technology, the quality improvements we're making with our components, is what we're most proud of. But I would say the unexpected—we talked about when we were building Acton to support our growth, but also for risk mitigation, redundancy—it mm-hmm. proved itself in the, you know, in the pandemic. Yeah. We did not skip a beat. As we continue to grow double digits, we did not miss one shipment to one of our customers, and. We're very proud of that because a lot of, a lot of supply chains were going down, scaling back. Uh, people don't realize we have plants in China. I had lost production capacity in China when COVID hit there first, but I had acting to continue to produce. And then when it came here, we got China back up and running. So. We have both facilities running. We have lots of inventory. There was never a risk to our potters, which we're most proud of. And that was the benefit of building an act and having that redundancy here yeah. closest to our largest customer.
0: That's comforting. I mean, as a person who, you know, I watch my daughter put on a pot every three days. So uh, it's it's got so much to do with her health and her the ease that she lives that um, you had to think of it just going away is frightening.
1: Yeah, no, it's... We're not allowed to miss shipments to our potters, as we always talk to our folks. And we, as you saw the tour, we have printed on the walls as every potter every time. And it that just simply means that we are able to ship the pod every single time a customer expects it. And it works every single time as intended. Yeah,
0: well, that's excellent. So I have a question because I know people listening wonder all the time. Like, Do you think the form factor of the pod will ever change?
1: Well, we're always looking at improving the form factor. You know, we do hear from our customers; they would prefer a smaller pod. On the other hand, we also hear we would like a larger reservoir. So, there's a lot of work on, you know, innovation, form factor improvements. Uh, do I think that someday? Yes. I mean, we are always going to look at improving uh, the pod and meeting our customer demands, but. It's how do you make a smaller pot with a larger reservoir but we have a lot of great folks in our innovation team at R&D that are working on those projects as we well. speak. Hmm.
0: That's excellent. That's the, now how if you made um, a shift in I don't know, let's say it was narrower but wider. I'm just making something up. How do you how do you seamlessly transfer from making one to the other in your act plant? have to retool? And I mean, what kind of a a process in your mind would that be?
1: There'll be some retooling, obviously. Uh, But we knew that we had to be flexible. You become less flexible with automation and robotics, obviously, than our China facilities, which are much more manual. Uh, But we knew that we would need the flexibility for change. Uh, You know, we also run the the pod for Amgen's Lester which is a different pod, mm-hmm. requires a changeover. So there is some flexibility in the automation and robotics. When you're up close, uh, you will see that some are just basically rubber arms that can be transferred out. Uh, so, yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: We'll, we'll be able to change uh, for the innovation. It should never stop it or slow down our innovation.
0: That's excellent. What um. Th- how how many pods can you get through there in a day?
1: <laughs> we don't share exact numbers, but uh, I don't think that's public. Okay. But uh, very very high speed that folks didn't think was imaginable. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, amazing a device so complex with so many components. The speeds that we are running today.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to say. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Um, it's Is it making more today than it did the, when I was there?
1: Absolutely. I yes. I mean,
0: highly automated lines, uh,
1: highly technical, requires some ramp-up time, as we've uh, been saying and showing folks. The team's done a great job of ramping up and learnings. We put our second line in, as you know. Eventually, we'll have our third line up and running by the second half of this year. And as you saw on the tour, we built capacity for a fourth line. Oh yeah. Uh, so as we learn, we improve and build into the next line and then make the improvements on the current line. So, yes, we are running a lot more pods than we did a couple of years
0: ago when you were here. That's that's really something. All right. I have a question that I don't know if you can answer or not. Um, if you are making new products that are coming out sometime, are you um, I'm assuming that they run through the same line as the one you have now?
1: yes okay yes
0: so yes, a good example dash
1: will run in active just like Eros and eventually op5 and amgen
0: yes okay so you run shifts Eros pods run for a while and then dash pods run and omnipod 5 eventually will run through there as well absolutely very cool um i, I don't know how to ask this <laughs> do you do you start producing omnipod 5 pods before you have the okay from the FDA? Or do you wait for the moment and then start making them and then create a back uh, a backlog of them and then make it go public? What's the way to do that?
1: It'll be our comfort zone based off our questions from the FDA is we may build a little bit ahead of time at risk, meaning there's very low risk based off the questions and the submission uh-huh. uh, because we wanna make sure that we have product available that we're highly confident that the FDA will approve. And so we will have some product that will, the day it's approved, we're ready to ship to our potters. That's very cool. But that's the risk we take financially. And we we do discuss that in our meeting, is based off the FDA feedback and the comfort level, how are we uh, and how much do we want to produce ahead of time that the minute it's approved that we're available for shipment.
0: How, um this is maybe a really like, geeky question but does the algorithm because the algorithm is going to live on the the board i'm right in omnipod 5 right did that change the power that you have to like are the batteries the same i guess is the question
1: well that's a very good question i mean because the algorithm is different regardless whether it's on a pod or in a pdm Mm -hmm. you know uh we're taking much more data collection much more metrics on the. Omnipod 5, yes, it does use more power. But again, the benefit of building Acton also, especially in Massachusetts, building uh, our US manufacturing is we are right here on site with our R&D team. So we work very, very closely with them. Knowing that it's more power, we're able to work with our battery suppliers too. And we've significantly improved the performance of our batteries
0: Mm -hmm. also. Oh, no kidding. Yes. I I have to admit the the setup there's. kind of uncommon, it feels uncommon, like you're in an office, I, I was there to speak. So I'm you're in an office setting, then you go to a, comp, a big room, you're speaking to somebody. And then you just walk down the hall and go through a couple of doors, and then suddenly you're in a manufacturing place. It's, it's kind of, it, uh, there's something I thought while I was there, this is kind of great, because everybody's in one spot. If and, and that does really um, bear out, I guess, like being all in one location is valuable for you.
1: It's very, very beneficial. Uh, a lot of folks ask, you know, how can you build manufacturing in Massachusetts and be cost competitive, et cetera. Uh, but there's so many benefits of being on site with our R&D folks, our global engineering teams, uh, our global purchasing team, uh, you know, supplier engineering to work with our suppliers with real time data, especially if we have component uh, concerns. So there's a lot of benefits of being on site right here. Folks can, you know, walk down the hall and work with the manufacturing folks for immediate problem solving.
0: Wow. What's the, um, in your mind, what inside of the pod is the most delicate? Is the, the, is it the injection process or like, what are you most amazed by that's happening inside of that little thing? I guess is my question.
1: Well, I'll tell you, there's so many, uh, i mean when you next time you come we might have to go in the clean room so you get up close and personal when you see the intricacy of the components um you know our chassis i call it's the transmission it makes the pod work um you know the cannula forming the geometry required i mean we automated that to make sure that we can be as consistent with the the curves and forming your nail heads, etc. It's uh, probably the cannula forming, uh, is probably the most fascinating, uh, part of the process within cytopod that uh amazes me. Okay, all
0: right, I so you're I, I'm going to ask a question. I've been dying, this is such a strange question, <laughs> <laughs> but but Chuck, the people listening are going to be. Thrilled that okay. I ask, okay. Great. So when you when you put the pot on, you start the process for insertion, there's this clicking that happens. And it's not all and then the the insertion happens. The insertion doesn't always happen on the same number of clicks. Is that clicking tension building? Like what is that whole process what's happening when I'm hearing the clicking? It's
1: just the release of the cannula. So I don't know why there'd be multiple clicks. It's something I'll take back to my team, but it's just the, the release of the cannula so it's, into the
0: skin. Okay, so yeah, it's not it's not that the it's not that the cannula is moving. There's this. I always take it as a building of tension. But is is that not right? Is the is the needle always at the correct tension?
1: Uh, very. I will say, always at the specific tension levels that it's supposed to be, which are extremely tight tolerances. Okay.
0: So when you push the button and it goes, and it just kind of goes click, 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 and then bang, and it goes, bang's the wrong word, but it goes. Yeah, click. Right. Right. Sometimes, like, I watch my daughter, like, she counts them in her head. One, two, three, four. Like, she's trying to ready herself. But sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll go, like, six and she'll be like, Ooh, six. <laughs> and, and I just don't, I, 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 I guess I'm dying to understand what that is, only because it is the. So while I'm giving you feedback, I, not that I think you could change it, but I think that that click being audible is, um, if you could make one thing different about the pod, I bet you making that click audible would be what most people would vote for. Okay,
1: yeah. I will definitely take that back to our team.
0: Yeah, I have no idea if it's something you can impact yeah, I, or not I don't but...
1: know. Quite frankly I will commit that we can do it. We can easily look at it. We have extremely tight tolerances for that when that chemical the discharge Yeah so we'll look at that.
0: super interesting. I just I'm fascinated by it, the whole thing actually. Um, are you involved at all with the um, with the adhesive process or is that just a part in your mind?
1: I mean, obviously, it's because it's a component, a critical component, Mm -hmm. uh, because it it adheres to the skin of the potter. I'm involved in it, just as if I am with the batteries and the cannula. So, yes, I'm involved.
0: So, is the dance with adhesive always strong enough to hold the pot on, not so strong that it causes skin irritation? Is that the... Is that kind absolutely of, yeah.
1: thank you and I've learned more about adhesives since I've been here than I ever thought I would know about adhesives but that's exactly the science okay. behind it is obviously we can make it much stronger but you know you don't want to irritate the skin you know so what's the right balance for a three-day wear waterproof, uh without irritating the skin so we work very very closely as i said with all our suppliers but also with our adhesive suppliers i'm always trying to prove that Uh, and again we learned a lot we didn't only build manufacturing redundancy but we built redundancy of all of our components also Hmm. so that even when some of our component suppliers went down for COVID, we always had a backup it's the same with our adhesive and that's why i learned a lot about adhesive i thought it would just be as simple as calling a 3m or someone and say it's an adhesive for the pod. It isn't, yeah. and it wasn't. But we we do have a second supplier, uh, and that is the science behind the adhesive. Yes,
0: that's really interesting. Um, any any surprises like learning about the medical the, the medical uh, world? Did anything really shock you? Was it was it impactful meeting people? that have diabetes? Like, is there something that sticks with you? Like if, if you were out of this for 10 years and I asked you, you know, what do you remember about this? What, what do you think it is?
1: It's, we have potters come and talk at our town hall meetings. We had them at the ribbon cutting. We had them at the groundbreaking. The potter story is how this device has changed people's lives positively, helping more simply manage diabetes. And I said, I got, I saw what my daughter's Uh, best friend went through and her parents. I'll always remember the Potter stories more than building an act in or surviving through COVID uh, with supply. I mean, they're all great things and the team deserves all the credit, Uh, but the Potter stories and, you know, folks laugh, you know, I'm a driver, driver, uh, results focused. But when I hear the potters talk, I'm a big baby. I've got tears in my eyes and crying, and that's what it's about. And, you know, the ribbing cutting when our potter spoke, uh, I had to get up and talk afterwards, and I couldn't. It, it's, that's what I will remember. Yeah. And as I said, the biggest compliment is not building a world-class manufacturer, as we did in folks' say, um, It's the quality improvements we made and hearing folks say that they haven't had a failure in three and a half years of a pod failure. It's a big that's, deal. That's what it's about.
0: That's yeah. what I'll remember. Yeah. I, I really, I think Shashi she should get a ton of credit because I know you guys have people come in to talk to the employees all the time so that people who don't have a connection to type one diabetes can understand why the device is so important. Um, and I, I've given that talk before uh, at a national sales meeting, and I looked down at one point, and I was like, "I am making everyone cry." <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't. And mean, I was one of them in the audience. <laughs> I, I, took, I thought, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't mean to make everyone cry like that." <laughs> so, uh, it, but but it is really great to. Um, I mean, because honestly, somebody has a, you know, they have a certain skill. They're looking for a job. They're not necessarily out in the workforce saying to themselves, I want to impact the lives of people with diabetes. They, they get a job and it's, I think it's really important for them to understand what this thing does. It's not just a, it's not just a stapler, you know?
1: It isn't. And I can say that with all sincerity, as I said, as I was retired, I can meet, you know, three hours every weekend, just about, uh, you know, I live up here in an apartment by myself away from family. Uh, but it really is about positively changing people's lives, living with diabetes. And, that's why I'm still here and
0: that's why we're all here. Yeah. I have a couple more questions for you and then I'll, sure. I'll, I'll let you go. First of all, I want you to know I was a little nervous cuz you are giving me a run for my money with how deep my voice is. I'm I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to sound like a soprano in this episode of the of the podcast. But I I'm also excited to be talking to someone who doesn't hear any of my Philly accent and think it's strange. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's because we're both from Philly. Yeah. There.
0: <laughs> Finally, they'll,
1: they'll hear both of us with our Philly accent yeah. water. Where's the yeah? Uh,
0: the emails about the word water that I get are just <laughs> unrelenting. I, I know I don't say it correctly, but I, I can't stop myself. When I say it correctly, it seems wrong to me. So I'm stuck. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. kidding. <laughs> Um, So I, if you can, I, I just want to ask you a question about Omnipod 5 a um, sure. significant impact on people's lives you think
1: oh absolutely yeah. I mean, yeah you know you just look at all the pivotal data the clinical data i that's i can't wait for the launch of a you know Omnipod five i i think it's significantly on takes it to a whole nother level Uh of improving people's lives, living with diabetes, managing their diabetes. I've seen the videos, as I said, from potters and caregivers. Uh, We share them with our suppliers to make sure they understand the importance of their role in making sure that we always, always have the best quality product, especially for this new launch. I think it's one of the most anticipated launches in the diabetes uh, med device industry in history, so I'm very, very excited uh, for Omnipod Five to be launched quickly.
0: I am too. I, I keep imagining people who have struggled for a long time and have never been able to really figure out how how to use their insulin in, in a real, you know, in a, in a well timed way, and just the idea of that being lifted off them, you know, somebody with an A1C in a, in a, in a high range that, that could possibly within months, see something significantly better is, uh, it's very exciting because I, what I do, I think helps people, but everything's still reach and scale. If I, if I can't, if you don't hear the podcast, you, you're not going to know. And That's so, true. and to put something on someone like this, that would remove that, uh, from their life is I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. So
1: I'm very excited. I'm very excited for what we've been able to do of the 30 days of freedom, the Omnipod promise to be able to offer to as many folks that want it. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to wait.
0: That's excellent. Now, I've, I've been telling people for a couple of weeks to just just get it and if something new comes out. You can get that, too. So, yeah, that's really <laughs> why would not
1: you get this now? Because it's the best platform out there. It will be the best quality. I'll continue to focus on that. I just can't
0: wait. Well, Chuck, I'd like to get one of those pods signed by you one day. I'm going <laughs> to hang it up on my wall. Uh, I, I really appreciate you doing this, taking the time. I, I genuinely mean this when I tell you that since the day I left there, I thought about talking to you. So it's not a, it's, don't worry, it doesn't come into my head every day, but I I have it up on a, on a, a wish list um, that's hanging in my office and I'm going to, Gonna scratch your name off of it right now. I, I really appreciate you doing this. Well, no, I'm honored, and I
1: thank you. Is you're welcome back for a tour anytime. It's changed significantly since we were here a couple of years ago. As I said, we put the second line in the third being installed, ready for you know validation second half of the year. Yeah, uh, we're proud of it, but this is really a team effort. It's it's not just me. Uh, we have a great great team here that's really focused on our mission.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think that the people who have who came in and 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 were part of that restart and that they're building on top of with it just gets uh, more and more exciting as it goes along. So yeah, great. they talked me out of
1: retirement. So it's a great team or <laughs> <laughs> great product. So,
0: I, I have yeah. to tell you, I, I think that that means a lot. I, I would imagine that people who are closer to retirement understand what you mean, maybe a little more than younger people. But that has to be a big leap to just. It's, it's not like you were sitting at home wondering how to pay your bills, right? Like you were done no, with a pension of benefits and that's not it at all.
1: It's yeah. as I told folks at the national sales meeting you, you referred to earlier is there's not many times folks in their career can really make a difference in people's lives. I mean, at Pepsi, it was fun and I got to see the world. I've toured, you know, dozens and dozens of countries, et cetera, visit, um, uh, It's fun, right? But you are really impacting people's lives, and it makes it a lot easier to wake up and come to work every day.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think I am touching as many people as you do with that, but um, I am, I feel very lucky to do a thing that uh, I enjoy that also helps people. I didn't even think I would get that in my life ever, actually. So it's
1: it's just a great film. Yeah, it really is. is.
0: Well, yeah. all right. So, Chuck, I'm gonna next time I meet you in person. I'm I'm assuming now that I'm thinking about this Pepsi thing. You've seen more than your share of Super Bowls in person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always had tickets, but I never visited. I always gave them to my team. I I enjoyed having my own little Super Bowl party at home, buddy. I, I never went. To you
0: it. never went. Oh no, kidding. Well, but we always
1: had tickets, and I, I just would pass them on.
0: What are you trying to seem like a great guy as this thing's over, Chuck? People already liked you. You didn't have to say that. that was like... <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I did it for my own reasons, also. not just as <laughs> I was. I enjoyed my. Plus, the Super Bowl was a lot of work for the Pepsi folks. You know, yeah. all our customers there. So it wasn't the Super Bowl party that people think. It's it was a lot of work also. So That's it was good. easier to do the. Uh, Super Bowl party. I hear you. Thanks.
0: I hear you. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you uh, doing this again. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Scott. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Take care.
0: You too. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about g Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash Juicebox. You spell that G V O. K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juicebox. Thanks so much to Chuck for coming on the show. I'm super excited about what's coming from Omnipod. I hope you are too. I really want to thank him because I don't think this is the kind of thing he does usually. Can you imagine having a voice so deep that a microphone can't properly capture it? Chuck and Sam Elliott and Sam Elliott is a distant second real quick. If you don't get the Sam Elliott references, you really need to go watch the big Lebowski. I'll be back soon with another episode of the juice box podcast.